Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Hammer 3 American troops killed over... 20 wounded in a drone strike in Jordan over the weekend. They're calling it a kamikaze one-way drone strike. This is the first time that American soldiers have been killed in an attack since the, uh, you know, since Hamas slaughtered over a thousand Israelis in October. There's been hundreds of drone strikes aimed at the American military bases all over the region, by the way, since that happened. But they say they say it's in retaliation for the war going on in Gaza right now. And the worst kept secret is that these attacks are being funded by Iran. Like, anybody that follows yeah. these types of stories even remotely close, you know who is behind the funding of attacks on Americans. They're, they're funding and arming these guys, whether Syrian militia, Yemen, Houthis, whatever. They're funding and arming these guys. And quite frankly, here's the thing people don't realize. Iran could care less if these militia groups that they're training and funding, these proxies, are killed by our military. They don't care. Right. So they'll keep on doing it as long as as long as humanly possible, especially with the Pentagon coming out and saying, I just saw a representative from Pe- Pe- uh, the Pentagon up on TV going, we do not need to go to war with Iran. We, do, we don't want war with Iran. Well, I don't either, but something's got to be done. <laughs> and it'd be a hell of a lot easier to deal with this if, oh, I don't know, you stop funding them. Stop giving money to oh, Iran. Biden lo- Biden and Obama loves giving money to Iran. So the <laughs> defense secretary, Austin, says, quote, Iran-backed militias are responsible for these continued attacks on U.S. forces. That is from the Joe Biden secretary of defense. Now, that's pretty pretty wild considering you go back a couple weeks ago, Joe Biden did a sit-down interview with Scott Pelley on 60 Minutes and basically was like, I don't know where you guys are getting all of this Iran information. Is Iran behind the Gaza war? I don't want to get into classified information, but to be very blunt with you, there is no clear evidence of that. At this point, no evidence that Iran is behind any of this. Correct. Now, Iran constantly supports Hamas and Hezbollah. I don't mean that. But in terms of where they did they have foreknowledge, did they help plan the attack? There's no evidence of that at this point. Okay. That wasn't like that was a year ago or, you know, like six, seven months ago. That was pretty recent. And I'm shocked, Nigel. This is my shocked face right here that Iran didn't take the sternly worded lecture of Joe Biden don't to heart. I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. That's right. Yeah. Well, clearly, whatever Biden has been doing isn't working to deter these Iranian-backed militias. It's not working. Iran clearly thinks Biden is a joke. And they ain't scared of us. Nobody is scared of Joe Biden and his super woke military right now. Unless Joe Biden comes out and changes course completely, 
He's more worried about having transgender folks in charge of certain departments, diversity, equity, and oh, by the way, giving money to the world's largest state sponsor of terror. And now what do we do? Seriously, what do we do? Killing American troops is the red line, isn't it? Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham put on social media, basically, we need to hit Tehran directly, which Tucker Carlson then retweeted and said, you're an effing lunatic. (laughs) Did you see that? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying nukes or start World War III or even hit Iran directly, but but man, a strong response is warranted, is it not? Well, hold on now, Nige, because Joe Biden says he already gave a strong response to Iran. Remember, just two weeks ago, uh, Joe Biden was asked, do you have a message for Iran? I've already delivered the message to Iran. They know not to do anything. They know not to do anything. Oh, well. Like when Iran heard that, in my mind, they're doing that gesture with your hands where you act like you're fondling yourself. (laughs) Oh, okay, fine. (laughs) We're not going to do anything, Joe. (laughs) I mean, maybe at least you could find out where these kamikaze drones are coming from in Syria and blow that base out of the sand, right? Maybe find, I mean, taking out a few hundred of these Iranian Revolutionary Guards that are actually training these militias would send a strong message. Uh, But because, you know, Biden whispering, don't <laughs> to Iran is not getting the job done. No, it's not at all. Um, retired General Jack Keane, he was on Fox News early today, and I think he's at the point where a lot of us are. This isn't funny anymore. Joe Biden is horrible with foreign policy, and it's costing people lives. Iran doesn't want war with the United States, but Iran's strategic objectives is what they're really about here. And that clearly is they want to dominate and control the Middle East, drive the United States out of the Middle East to be able to accomplish that, and weaken Israel politically to the point where people don't want to live there anymore. That's what they're about here. These proxies that we're talking about, I mean, the administration has got to wake up there saying, well, we don't want to expand into a regional conflict. The regional conflict is here. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hezbollah is conducting daily attacks into northern Israel and displaced 80,000 Israelis in northern Israel. Hezbollah is an Iranian proxy. Houthis, the Houthis have cut the traffic through the Suez Canal by over 50 percent, impacting the global supply economy. Houthis, Iranian-backed proxy. The war has been already expanded. What we're trying to do is stop this expansion, and the administration doesn't get it. They don't. They don't get it. You have to portray strength before it becomes too late. Maybe instead of saying, quote, we do not need to go to war with Iran, say, if you're a Pentagon official, say, all options are on the table. All op- that's, that's all you need to say. Right. But but instead, they're telegraphing, look, we're not going to war with Iran. We're not going to hit Tehran. You know, that's not going to happen. Um, we're going to, here's what they've been saying. Pretty much all Biden and his administration has been saying uh, in, in a couple different ways over the past couple of days. Um, uh, what is it? We will hold all those responsible to account at a time and manner of our choosing. We heard, we heard uh, Defense Secretary Austin say that. We heard Biden say that now. Time, manner of time and our choosing. That's basically all they've been saying. Okay, but it's too late at this point, though. People have been killed because you're yeah. weak oh, yeah. and you fund a lot of the people that would be just fine coming over here and 
cutting your head off in front of your family, this is what happens. All of the things that the political left in this country said would happen under Donald Trump are actually happening under Joe Biden. You don't have borders in your country. Your military has become a watered-down version of what it used to be because of the leadership at the top of the food chain. And now people are dying because you're incompetent at foreign policy. This is embarrassing, and this needs to get fixed really fast. Uh, Donald Trump put out a statement on Truth Social. Quote, This brazen attack on the United States is yet another horrific and tragic consequence of Joe Biden's weakness and surrender. Three years ago, Iran was weak, broke, and totally under control. Thanks to my maximum pressure policy, the Iranian regime could barely scrape $2 together to fund their terror proxies. Then Joe Biden came in, gave Iran billions of dollars, which the regime has used to spread bloodshed and carnage throughout the Middle East. That was a statement from Donald Trump on Truth Social. Now, Nikki Haley, who's running against Donald Trump, technically to be the nominee for the Republicans. She jumped on television today. The problem that we've had is that everybody waits for it to get bad before they do something about it. Where did this all start? None of this would have started had Biden not lifted the sanctions on Iran. You allowed billions of dollars to go in from China importing their oil. And what did that do? That gave money to the proxies to get these missiles, to do these things, to do the training, to invade Israel. All of that happened because they got money. And Biden still to this second hasn't increased sanctions on Iran. That's lunacy because you're just continuing to pay them for trying to now kill our soldiers. There are things we can do that are not war, but not having common sense, there's no excuse for that. And this is something where we've seen him do it with Iran. We saw him do it with Afghanistan. We're seeing him do it with Russia and Ukraine. You have to be tough. That doesn't mean starting a war. That actually means preventing war. But when countries see that you're tough and you're serious, they back off. By nature, they back off. Iran knows they can't beat America. They've always known that. But as long as they smell blood in the water, they're going to keep doing this. Wow, I don't normally agree with things Nikki Haley says, but right. that, she hit the nail on the head there. And all the things she was talking about was, was the result of Donald Trump and his administration uh, in terms of pressuring Iran, squeezing Iran, restrictions, and things like that. And to her credit, she said, you know, when Biden took office, he did away with all that stuff. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You people disgust me. Hammer and Nigel. The Hammer, the Super Bowl is set just like in 2020. It's the Chiefs and the Niners. And here are just a couple of climactic moments from yesterday's AFC and NFC Championship games. Here is uh, Kansas City's Travis Kelsey yelling during the postgame in Baltimore. And then the exciting home win in Santa Clara for the Niners. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs, and believe it, you got to fight for your right to What are the uh, what do we have odds on the Super Bowl? What are, what are they right now? Right now, San Francisco is a one point favorite. Really? It was two and a half yesterday. So the public is clearly jumping all over the Chiefs as an underdog here because it went from two and a half to one overnight. 
So if this trend continues, wow. don't be surprised if ultimately Kansas City becomes the betting favorite in this game. So, man, what happened with the Lions? Like, because I was up and down. Um, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of that game. Got a sick kid at home and just doing some other things. I go upstairs. The Lions were up big. Like, what, by 17? 17. I come back down, and they're down by <laughs> – they're down. What, what happened? To quote Choked. Ron Burgundy – that escalated quickly. <laughs> I mean, that really got out of hand fast. And then what happened with these field goals? So the Lions coach, it's a guy that they love. He's a fiery guy. Dan Campbell. He, he looks yeah. like PC principal from South Park. <laughs> and he had a hard time managing the game last night. Now, all through the year, the Lions, they kind of go for it on fourth down. If it's close, screw it. They go for it. But last night, the NFC Championship with the Lions up they had a chance to kick a field goal and go up by three scores they chose to go for it didn't get it 49ers go down score a touchdown it's a seven point game well then the lions fumble their next possession 49ers go down touchdown tie ball game 49ers take the lead by three and with about six seven minutes left the Lions are in field goal range no don't do it no field goal ties the game oh no they go for it. Oh, dude. And did not get it. <laughs> Bro, come on. You're a golf guy, and I put this out on social media last night. You've seen the movie Tin Cup, right? Sure. The final scene where Kevin Costner's like, ball, ball, refusing to do the smart play for the moment of glory. Somebody tell that guy, he didn't have to hit it from there. <laughs> right. Somebody tell Dan Campbell you can kick a field goal and tie the game. <laughs> Or go up by three scores. Like, I was so rooting for Detroit because... That was too. Man, look at my options here. One of these people are going to be happy after the win. Either Nancy Pelosi, Gavin Newsom, or Adam Schiff, all big 49ers fans, or the mascot of Pfizer... His <laughs> pop singing girlfriend, the horrible Mahomes family, outside of Patrick himself, who actually is a pretty decent guy. But one of those groups is going to have a big celebration, and that could have all been prevented if the Lions would have sacked up and won a game. At least I'd have a rooting interest. So are they frauds, you think? They're good. I mean, they were giving it to the 49ers, who's Probably one of the best, if not the best, team in the league. What about the Ravens? Are they frauds? I mean, they they, Man. they were crowning. I mean, they were pretty much crowned them Super Bowl champs going into that game. Lamar Jackson has a hard time in the playoffs. He's kind of got that stigma that Peyton had the first half in his career. Great regular season quarterback, multiple yeah. MVP awards, but when the big game is on the line, struggles in the postseason. So that's what happened with the Ravens yesterday. So we've got to run it back from 2020, the Chiefs and the 49ers. Now, speaking of... The uh, Chiefs won that game back in 2020, right? They did. Yeah. They did. It's their first... We mentioned the uh, mascot of Pfizer, Travis Kelsey, and his girlfriend. Uh, the New York Times is reporting this morning that the Joe Biden campaign is working on a Taylor Swift strategy which includes having Joe appear at her heiress tour in the fall before the election. Oh, come on. She's got to be smarter than that. 
So, yeah. Allison, let me defer to you because you're someone who has bought tickets to go to Taylor Swift concerts. You are indeed a Swifty. Does it suck all the energy out of the room if before the show starts, Joe Biden shuffles <laughs> out there, mumbles, speaks a little gibberish, and can't find his way back off the stage? It's a three-hour concert. There's no way he's going to make it. There's no way. Well, no. I mean, they would bring him out beforehand, like just you know, have him like make a little appearance. Yeah. Thanks for coming out and yeah. uh, supporting uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, I don't see her letting him talk on stage. I, I, I would be very. I couldn't surprised. imagine her dipping her toe into politics. It was such a disaster for her the last time. I remember in Tennessee, she backed Marsha Blackburn's. Uh, opponent. Opponent and got boat raced. Right. But now it's a little bit different, though. I think her popularity is at a whole new level now. And the Biden administration, they're hitching their wagon to all these celebrities and social media influencers. And nobody's bigger than Taylor Swift. But I got to tell you, if I pay all that money for a concert ticket no for my daughter or whoever, and I got to sit through Joe Biden up there stumbling, drooling, not knowing what city he's in, it kind of takes all the fun out of the whole night, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. No uh, way. Real quick, uh, tonight is the second episode of the new season of The Bachelor. Oh, so guess what I'm not doing tonight? Watching <laughs> the second episode of the new season of The Bachelor. And uh, if you like it, make sure you stay tuned for the premiere of another great show coming on right afterwards from Hammer and Nigel Television. Oh. First, The Bachelor, then The Golden Bachelor. Now there's a new addition to the beloved franchise, The Married Bachelor. <laughs> Wait a minute. Craig is smart, romantic, and successful. The ideal husband, which is why he already is one. But that won't stop Craig from finding true love. Join Craig for a journey of hourly hotels, burner phones, and a finale you'll never forget. Let me set this one. Yes, of course. Thank you. Great. And uh, do me a favor. Let's keep this between us. Absolutely. The Married Bachelor. Watch on ABC, stream on Hulu, and observe in real life with certain politicians. Eh. I'm telling you, you could combine all of these. The Bachelor, the Golden Bachelor, and the Married Bachelor (laughs) just by casting Bill Clinton. You can kill all those birds with one stone by casting Slick Willie. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. He is a 2A attorney, a firearms instructor. He is a damn fine American. He's the host of the Gun Guy Show. He's Guy Relford. Guy, how are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks, as always, to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest. And PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg or PremierArms.com. So a couple places I want to go to today. I definitely want to get your thoughts on justified killings because we're seeing an uptick of that here in Marion County. But let's start with an update on this discrimination by financial institutions on social credit situation that you've been involved with. Uh, Very briefly, reset what's going on and what's the update. Yeah, this is a bill, Senate Bill 28, 
that is set for a hearing this Wednesday at 8.30 in the morning in room 130, and we really need um, our, our pro-Second Amendment, frankly, pro-liberty and anti-woke individuals to show up for this hearing. It's Wednesday morning at 8.30. But this is a bill that would prevent uh, discrimination by financial institutions against either businesses or individuals based on, for instance, their involvement in a business um, that involves firearms. Or, but it's much broader than that. It's actually the use of a so-called social credit score uh, that can be based on things like whether your company has a diversity, equity, and inclusion program, or whether your company hires um, with uh, affirmative action uh, quota requirements, uh, or whether your industry or business uh, is involved um, in uh, the fossil fuel industry. Why the Uh, hell does that matter to financial institutions? Well, it shouldn't. And that's exactly what this bill is about, because so many banks now and credit card companies are, are, are deciding to be woke, and, they, and they, they're getting pressured by different organizations, getting pressured by uh, the Biden administration and others um, to institute these woke policies where they are discriminating. And for instance, I personally, uh, and, and you guys and I have talked about it on more than one occasion, I've had a credit card processing company refuse to do business with me. You know, with 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 a company that has a, a, a perfect credit rating, doesn't want to do business with me, with me simply because I'm a firearms instructor, and I've had other instructors do the same thing. I've had you teach multiple- safety courses. You wrote a book on yeah. safety. You're trying to help people, <laughs> and these morons they want to give you a hassle. Exactly. Now, I don't go out looking for business loans. Uh, I'm lucky my businesses tend to be self-sufficient. But if I were, if I was starting a new business, uh, there are banks out there that will turn down a loan, not based on your credit worthiness, uh, but based on the industry you're associated with that they simply disapprove of. Because it has to do, for instance, with firearms or it has to do with fossil fuels uh, and then or other, like give you a score, like asking, well, do you have a diversity, equity and inclusion program at your business? Well, if not, then that's a, that's a big black mark on your credit application. Obviously, that's ridiculous, uh, but companies are doing that, and Senate Bill 28 um, would, would prohibit that, and this is huge. This is a big deal, and uh, we really need people to show up and make their voices heard because, listen, the banking industry is against it. They want to discriminate where they where they can, where they feel like, where they want to, and they don't want this kind of, of limitation even when it's based on such ridiculous uh, considerations as, uh, as this woke agenda um, and the banker banking lobby has some pull. So we really need people to show up at 830 in the morning in room 130 at the state house. So besides the banking industry, are the, who are the legislators? Is there any pushback uh, from, you know, Democrats in the legislature uh, right now? Who, what are you hearing? Well, sure. I mean, you know, I, I fully expect that the Democrats, this is the uh, the Insurance and Financial Institutions Committee in the Senate, and I fully expect Democrats on that committee who would, who would love to see a woke agenda, uh, you know, essentially forcing these policies on businesses, uh, whether it's good policy or not, whether it has anything to do with credit worthiness or not. Uh, there are folks out there that, you know, that, that believe in, in these ridiculous uh, woke agendas uh, that would love to see these forced on who's your businesses and who's your individuals. Um, so we'll see what happens in that committee. 
committee hearing at 8:30 uh, Wednesday morning in room 130. But um, but 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 I, I fully expect to be able to report back and, and name names as far as who said what in that committee hearing. Absolutely, please do that. Whether it be on your show, the Gun Guy Show, or here next Monday, let's get some names going here. Uh, we're chatting Absolutely. with Guy Relford. It's Monday Gun Day. All right, so I sent you an article this morning about the number of quote, justified killings in Marion County. And I think this is interesting. Now, a justified killing means you're at home, somebody has broken into your home, has threatened you, and you have defended yourself, or you have defended your castle, so to speak, a justified killing. Because what's bizarre to me, Guy, is if you listen to the mayor and you listen to the prosecutor, they're going to tell you just the gun is the problem. Too many guns in Marion County. It's just the gun. But it sounds like here, law-abiding citizens uh, who are doing everything right, thank God they have their weapons in the situations. Well, that's exactly right, and and it, it certainly applies to exactly what you were talking about, Hammer. Uh, where if, you know I'm in my home, I can defend my home and my family. Uh, but it also, a justified killing could also be, for instance, what we saw in July of 2022, which is Eli Dickin, the hero in Greenwood, who who stopped a mass shooting. Um, and I've defended now, as you guys know, uh, nearly uh, a dozen of these folks that have used deadly force uh, to defend themselves or defend others that are heroes. And and we see more of that now happening in Marion County. And I was actually very surprised, even though I track these issues and I'm involved on a legal basis um, with uh, many of, of these shootings, to see the overall statistics that you sent me uh, this morning, which is which is that a- approaching half of the shootings in Marion County in January have been justified self-defense shootings. And that could be at home, it could be out on the street, defending yourself against a robbery or rape or some other violent crime, all of which is justified. And this is amazing to me because keep in mind, in the overall context here, we're talking about shootings in general in Marion County being down, uh, for instance, last year, uh, approaching 20%. And and, and, and and that is that is homicides in general, and then a statistic that says nearly half of recent shootings um, have been justified. What's that telling you? That tells that tell you that crime is heading in the right direction. That people law-abiding citizens' ability to defend themselves, their families, and their homes is on the rise. And all of this is since we passed constitutional carry in Indiana, that gives law-abiding citizens the ability to carry a firearm uh, without having to go beg. Permission from the government first. I want to. I want to hear how the anti-gun people and all those folks that told us that uh, that constitutional carry was somehow going to increase crime or increase uh, attacks on police officers or, or increase murders generally. Uh, how they're going to respond because all of this data is telling us exactly the opposite. That that's exciting to me. And look, I don't celebrate the loss of human life. You guys know me. You've known me for a long time. I, I'm. I'm I'm not out jumping up and down celebrating uh, when somebody dies. Human life is a sacred thing. But you know what? As between the bad guys dying and the good guys dying, uh, I'll I'll cheer for the good guy to win every time. That's why I'm a firearms instructor. That's why I carry a gun every day. And this data is is really encouraging. And you know what? If if the Hazard administration, for instance, can't convince the bad guys to stop being bad guys, maybe the the law-abiding citizen can. Because there's a great saying. 
Colonel Jeff Cooper, the guy who founded Gunsight Institute, where I go training all the time, he had a great quote, and this is like from the 70s, and it said, the criminal does not fear the criminal justice system. He does not feel jail. He does not fear his fellow criminal. He does not fear the jury or the gallows. What he must be taught to fear is his potential victim. And Basically, you know if you could put that into modern day terms, that's F-A-F-O. F around and that, find yeah. out. That's exactly right. And half the homicides for January in Marion County were actually justified self-defense shootings. That telling you that Colonel Jeff Cooper's advice is coming right home right here in Indiana, and that's exciting to me. By the way, Hammer is uh, the complete opposite of you. I know personally he celebrates when these things happen. He, he's, he jumps up and down. He has no When there's qualms. a dead bad guy, well, guy, um, I gotta be honest, I'm a romantic when it comes to a dead bad guy. I gotta, I gotta really, I gotta kind of, maybe this is a dumb question or a convoluted question. Um, in terms of justified killings, what if it's between two, like, gangbangers or drug dealers? Like, a drug deal gone wrong, for instance, and one drug dealer pulls out a gun and the other guy kills him. Is that still, you know? Well, it's a great question. If you're committing a crime, um, at the time a confrontation arises uh, as a result yeah. of your commission of that crime, you can't, you can't claim self-defense. But if your commission of the crime is unrelated to the, to the confrontation itself, then you don't lose the ability to defend yourself. Okay. So uh, that, that sounds a little legalese. Let me give you an example. If I'm on the corner dealing drugs, and somebody just tries to murder me in a drive-by shooting, okay, I can defend myself and lawfully defend myself even though I'm dealing drugs. Right. If I, and this is a real case, if I break into a, a warehouse to, to burglarize a bunch of big-screen TVs and there's a guy in there burglarizing the same big-screen TVs and we get a little territorial and, uh, and I, I shoot my fellow burglar because I don't want him stealing the best TVs, I can't claim self-defense because I, I was committing a crime at the time the, of the confrontation and my commission of the crime cause the confrontation so long-winded way of saying i even like say i'm carrying a gun illegally and somebody tries to murder me i can still defend myself i may go to jail for possession of a firearm by a serious violent felon for instance but i don't lose the ability to defend myself so yes bad guys can justifiably use force and self-defense real quick we got about a minute left here guy um you were telling me that one of your clients was sued by the family of a dead bad guy. What was the update with that, and what was that about? Yeah, um, this is uh, exactly the kind of thing we're talking about here, but it also involves the application of our new self-defense immunity law. I say new. It, it passed into law in 2019. I'm really proud of it because I wrote it, and it was based on my experience defending clients in this exact situation. But a lot of times, even if you're justified and, and you never get sued as a result of your use of force or deadly force in self-defense or defense of others, um, even if you never get prosecuted, I should say, um, and, and so the, the authorities say you are completely justified, a lot of times people will still get sued. And like the family of a dead bad guy, or you say the, the bad guy's just wounded, they'll turn around and sue. And you've heard this for years. Oh, yeah, a guy broke into my house, and I defended myself, and I, wound, I shot him and wounded him, and then he sued me because I you know, overreacted or I wasn't justified. The self-defense immunity law says you have complete immunity. If you weren't prosecuted for a crime, you can use 
use that lack of prosecution to get any civil lawsuit dismissed. And if you get a civil lawsuit dismissed on the basis of the immunity, there's a mandatory attorney's fees award where the bad guy who sued you despite this immunity or their family of the dead bad guy who sued you despite the immunity can actually uh, be, be ordered or will actually be ordered by the court to pay your attorney's fees, to reimburse you your attorney's fees. And, uh, yeah, we just got an award in one of my cases where my client uh, defended his home. guy was trying to break in in the middle of the night. I tried to kick in his door, then broke a back window and was trying to climb through the window. And my client defended himself uh, with justified and legal uh, deadly force. Uh, The family of the, the, the person trying to break in still filed a lawsuit. And not only did we get that case dismissed, uh, but the court just awarded uh, attorney's fees as against the, the plaintiffs in that case of, uh, of right at about $15,000. So wow. it said, it says not only should you not, should dead right. bad guys uh, uh, not file those lawsuits, their families not file those lawsuits, but if they do, um, then they can actually be ordered to, to uh, reimburse attorney's fees. That's a big deal, and it's a big deterrent, and that's exactly what we wanted it to be. So it's a big victory for Indiana gun owners. Where can we find you, reach out to you, hire you, and do all the things, Guy Relford? Uh, we can finish uh, or, or further the discussion uh, at uh, on Twitter, at Guy Relford. Uh, at Guy Relford on Twitter. Guy, you're the best. Thank you. Hey, buddy. Thanks, guys. Angela happened to be caller at number nine. Angela, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. How are you? Thanks, guys. I'm doing great. So, Angela, we want to uh, play a game here. And if you get three out of five correct, we're going to give you these tickets to go see Train and Ario Speedwagon at Ruoff on July 10th, okay? Okay. The game is called Train, Bane, or Famous for Cocaine, and this is how it's going to work. (laughs) I'm going to read you a statement. It will either be a statement that the members of Train would say, or the villain of Batman, Bane, might say, or somebody who has an addiction to cocaine might say. (laughs) Famous for Coke. All right, here we go. Three out of five. Number one, quote, Hey, soul sister, ain't that Mr. Mister on the radio, stereo, the way you move ain't fair, you know. Train, Bane, or Famous for Cocaine? Okay, I know this one. It's Train. One down. Angela. Number two. I'm going to kill the Batman. (laughs) Train, Bane, or Famous for Cocaine? Bane. All right. One more. Get this right, and we're going to have a party. Train Bane or famous for cocaine, my name is Hunter Biden. I think this one is famous for cocaine. Angela, congratulations. You have got the tickets. Stay on the line. Allison will take care of you. We've got tickets all week long here in the first hour of the show. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. More coming up right after the news. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Joel, that's Jason Hammer right over there. We have got another loaded edition of 
legal stuff. Crime, punishment, Woo. judges, legal stuff. So maybe you heard Harrison talking about this a little bit earlier in the news, but the attorneys for the Delphi murders are back, Nige. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I know how you feel about these guys. Well, I mean, they're the attorneys for the murder suspect, Richard Allen. Fran Goal, the judge, is that her name? Yes. Um, wanted them to, you know, kick them off the kicked them off the case because she said they were incompetent, blah, 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 blah. Well, Supreme Court said Richard Allen can have any attorney he wants, he'd back, and now they want her removed. Correct. Again. Again, yeah. Again. They're calling again for the removal of this judge. Now, the Supreme Court, just a couple weeks ago, when they reinstated the original attorneys, denied everything else. And one of the things that was in the category of everything else was the removal of the judge in this trial. But uh, Andrew Baldwin, Brad Rossi, the defense team for Richard Allen, argue, quote, there is no recognizable legal rationale which supports Judge Gall continuing to preside over this case. And they're making several arguments in documents, and they're hoping to get another hearing where Judge Fran Gall would have to defend her actions or possibly be removed from the trial. Now, it's a long shot. It's a Hail Mary. They're trying to do everything they can, these lawyers, to throw wrenches in this in this case. To hold up the to hold up the um well no, I think they wanted the that the trial to start right away. Right. And they he, want reasonable doubt by anybody yes, that could be a potential it. juror. That's it. That's um, what it is. That's which makes me wonder if this judge may have overstepped her bounds a little bit. Maybe get ahead of her skis in terms of how she treated these defense lawyers. I don't know. I'd like to talk to somebody, like a, a fellow lawyer who knows a lot about what's going on here. Criminal lawyer, a criminal, right. A criminal lawyer. The here. leaked crime scene photos was a big problem for Judge Fran Gall. It was shortly after that where she said, you guys are incompetent. But they didn't do that. No, but it, it came was, from their office. Yeah. And it was yeah. somebody else. Like, technically, they didn't do it. But, I mean, that's kind of like the Alabama basketball player. Well, I didn't shoot anybody. I just brought my buddy the yeah. gun. Um, this was what was in writing from the defense team. Quote, if the Indiana Supreme Court concluded that Judge Gull wrongfully denied Richard Allen of the attorneys of his choosing, what then? An objective person have a reasonable belief that she, Judge Francis Gull, is biased and prejudiced toward the defendant, Richard Allen. Now, I don't even know if they believe all the stuff that they're saying at this point, but they want this to be a total circus. They want it to be a blank show because whoever is selected to be a juror for this trial, whenever it does start, they want that sliver in the back of their mind to yeah. say, maybe, just maybe, yeah. these guys were right. Yeah, although I don't know if they'd be able to bring up the fact in court, or if the judge would allow them to bring up the fact in court that she tried to have them removed from the case, therefore creating some sort of bias. You know what I mean? This is why This is why it's all legal stuff. Lots of questions right. and um, little answers. Uh, more legal stuff. 
IMPD officer charged with child seduction. Oh, man. Sexual misconduct with a minor. Uh, Paul Humphrey, 24-year veteran of the IMPD. Uh, according to court documents, an official at a high school made a complaint to the Indiana Department of Child Services on January 11th about a student who had been inappropriately touched by an adult. The following day, uh, IMPD detectives started an investigation into a potential relationship of sexual nature between one of its officers and a minor. Uh, the victim, who is now a senior in high school, told the detectives that she had known Humphrey since she was in second grade. Yeah, you hate hearing this. You hate you hate hearing this. You feel for the victim. You feel for the victim's families. And then on top of the fact that it's it's an IMPD officer, this is the kinds of things other officers hate. Right. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know what happened. I, I just know that this is this is not a good look. Um, Humphrey facing the following charges: four counts of sexual misconduct with a minor, three counts of child seduction, one count of obstruction of justice, one count of official misconduct, and a voyeurism count as well. Like you're, you're a cop, man. You know you're not going to get away with something like that. You can't do that. All eyes are on you too. Like, let's be honest. In Indianapolis, you know the mayor hates you. You know the prosecutor hates you. You have a very razor-thin margin of error. You can't, absolutely under no circumstances, be doing this stuff. And if these charges are true, then he needs to be locked up. Absolutely. Uh, Over the weekend, God, this stuff is wearing me out. These climate activists threw a bunch of soup at the Mona Lisa yeah, I saw that. at the yeah. Louvre Museum. By the way, I call them climate cultists, but go ahead. Yeah. Whatever. Um, now, the Mona Lisa was behind this protective glass, so it's not like you're throwing it directly on the iconic painting, but this happens all the time now. You've got these climate lunatics that are throwing paint, throwing soup on these uh, beautiful works of art or sculptures, or they're blocking the street. I'm done with these that's, people, that's man. The blocking of the street by, like, you know, the pro Hamas activists in big cities. That's where you'd love to see somebody get out of their car and just drag them off onto the side of the road. Certain parts of town that yeah. would go down. But when you look at what happened to the Mona Lisa here, again, this beautiful, iconic piece of art, and these... What what does the Mona Lisa have to do with climate change? (laughs) Right. A hundred percent. People are going to have to start either getting locked up for a long time, going to a real prison. I'm not talking about some halfway house, you know, slap on the wrist. A real prison or somebody's going to have to start getting hurt because this stuff is happening way too much and it feels like there's no consequences. Certainly, you want to peacefully protest? Go ahead. I'm all for it. But you want to block an entire bridge and glue your hands to the concrete? Ten years in jail, minimum. Right. Now, there are ways that you can get your protest group out to the streets. If you fill out the proper forms and the paperwork, like back when I used to be a marketing promotions director here, we used to have lunches all over at Monument Circle, and they were sponsored, and it'd be free pizza and all this stuff. The amount of paperwork that was required to shut down just a quadrant of Monument Circle, it's staggering. It's a pain in the ass. And these people... They just get out there and block it on their own. 
No, it doesn't work that way. And same thing with these people that are throwing soup or paint or whatever it is at these iconic pieces of art. They either need to be locked up in federal you-know-what prison or somebody needs to beat the hell out of them. (laughs) I'm good with either way. You know me. I'm a bit of a romantic. Whatever happens, happens. But this kind of crap, it's gone too far, and something has to be done here at this point. Emma and Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? Alright, let's rock and roll. Hammer! How do we play is this anything? I am going to run some stories by you. You be the one that breaks down all the information and you give us the verdict. Is the story anything or not? Let's do it. Is this anything? A house in New Jersey was vandalized with dozens of slices of pepperoni thrown all (laughs) over the property. Here is the homeowner, Heather, talking about the pepperoni attack on her house. From the door to the edge of the porch and then strategically placed down the stairs to the driveway. Nothing on the driveway and then four slices on the hood and four slices on the trunk. We're trying to figure out who goes around with two loaves of pepperoni and a knife in the middle of the night and cuts it up into slices and throws it on people's property. Like... You have nothing better to do with your time. (laughs) It's wrong. You should not be trespassing. You should not be vandalizing people's properties. Like, you know, I mean, I even made a joke and called them the pepperoni bandits. Uh, great joke, but now, yeah, this this is nothing. I, I like. By the way, I love out of that whole story, the thing that ticks Nigel off the most was the lame joke. <laughs> and by the way, I mean the grocery prices are through the roof. Hammer, who's going into the deli buying a what do you call it a loaf of pepperoni? I don't know, slicing it up and right and wasting it like that. Pepperoni's good. I love pepperoni. Oh, we add it man. to our frozen pizzas. Like we have yes. extra fr- we have extra frozen uh we have extra pepperoni and we throw it on our our, our frozen pizzas when it's pizza night. 100%. That, I eat it that's raw. A power I, mean, I, move. Eat it, I eat it out of the sack or whatever you, the, the bag. <laughs> to get know? that on tape Allison Nigel <laughs> eats it raw right out of the sack. <laughs> Can we make that into a promo for this show? The Hammer and Nigel show. I eat it raw, right out of the sack. Oh, boy. There's somebody that really doesn't like that homeowner, though, Heather. And like like you said, it's got to be somebody rich. So find all the rich people in the neighborhood, the people with the disposable income that can afford to waste the pepperoni. (laughs) That is an interesting call to the cops, isn't it? Yes, I'd like to report some vandalism on my property. Okay, what happened? Thinking there's going to be some, like, you know, toilet paper or... Graffiti, you know, something. Yeah, egging the house. That's not, you know, people egg houses sometimes. I've never heard anybody pepperoniing houses. <laughs> I haven't either. Uh, great moments in egging, by the way. If you have not seen the new ted tv series that's on peacock about the talking teddy bear of the seth mcfarland show yes there's a great episode about egging houses on there it's the halloween episode highly recommend it i finished the entire first season there's only seven episodes uh but if you like foul mouth just toilet humor like <laughs> i do watch the ted series not, not on kid fr- not kid friendly no 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 you, you know remember what? the movies right oh, yeah i didn't never saw the second one I, yeah I second guess- one was kind of lame but there's a lot of language <laughs> i okay i'll recommend one for the fam then because i'm really late to the party on this one but my daughter loves young sheldon 
Okay, the spinoff of The Big Bang Theory. Yes, and so we've been watching the first season on Netflix, and I believe the final season uh, is happening in February. So uh, does she like Big Bang Theory too, or will that be no. something she'll watch next to continue maybe, the story? Maybe watch that next. But but yeah, I'd love I'd love Young Sheldon's great. It's a great watch for for you and <laughs> and I love Annie Potts as the drunk grandma, <laughs> <laughs> famous from uh, Ghostbusters yes. back in the Ghostbusters, day. Ghostbusters, what do you want? Is this anything? A chain of Kentucky convenience stores are gaining popularity with visitors for featuring a red button in the bathroom that, when pressed, turns it into a disco dance party, complete with music, spinning mirror disco balls. What? This is a convenience store in Kentucky, and you walk back there to the bathroom, there's an emergency red button, and as soon as you hit it, it turns into a disco. Here is Mary... (laughs) The manager of the uh, store, along with some happy customers. <laughs> One push sets the balls in motion and starts a party in the potty. They'll just burst into laughter, and then they come out and they run out and grab family and run back in the bathroom, and it just brings a lot of joy. It's pretty wild, pretty fun time in there. It's funny, I love it. We had a 60 year old lady that went in and she came out and she said that was the best day of her life. (laughs) (laughs) Poor lady's life must have been awful. Oh, God. She takes a dookie in the disco dance party bathroom and then hits the red button and music and the, the glitter ball and this poor woman it's the worst day of her life that's the worst day of her life actually not the best that's, day. Not, that's the worst that's that's a sad sad woman now i i don't need I, I don't need to sit there and go number two and hit a red button and have uh, uh what do they call those balls that the, the mirror the, the, disco the, the ball mirror disco ball spinning around i saw this thing there's a light show in there it might the be lights, kind of fun the lights turn off I'm I'm sitting there doing a number two, and then I'm going to go out and grab my grandma and come bring her back in. Grandma, grandma, come here. Check out the disco party in the bathroom. I think I might. I think I'm kind of here for it. I think I'm on the opposite side here. I think this sounds fun, but let me just say this. This is the exception and not the rule, because I've went to Kentucky recently. I went down to Louisville for UND bowling with Chris, and I'm telling you right now, Bathrooms in Kentucky are not like that. <laughs> Rest stop, convenience yeah, store no, bathrooms. They're never like, like that. that. Or they're never clean. They always smell of fecal material. It's disgusting. But Unless you you're in a Bucky's, then it's a palace. Oh, it's a beautiful Bucky's. palace. I hear about this Bucky's. Hammer and Nigel Records actually produced a, a theme song that this uh, convenience store could use. I like it, man. I'm sorry. I think it's pretty fun. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the Hammer 
and Nigel show. Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer right over there. Uh, so Ukraine says corrupt officials stole more than forty million dollars meant to buy arms for the war. Hold 40, whoa, 40, whoa, 40, 40 hold million on. dollars of our money that you, you and I paid for. Hold on, yeah. hold on. Yes, yes. You're telling me that the Ukrainians may be shady. And there's been poor oversight? I can't believe this, Nigel! There's been literally no oversight (laughs) by Ukraine or the United States on where these these millions of dollars, billions of dollars, have gone. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg, wouldn't you think? This is just the, not even the tip of the iceberg, the tip of the tip of the iceberg here (laughs) in terms of corruption and where did our money go. So I'm reading the story here, and employees from this Ukrainian arms firm conspired with defense ministry officials to embezzle almost 40 million bucks. Unbelievable. Earmarked to buy. You know all this military gear to fight this war with Russia. Yeah, and but, let's not forget that's our money that we've given them. Right. Uh, after receiving payment, the company employees were supposed to transfer the funds to a business registered abroad, right. which would then deliver the ammo to Ukraine. Hell, this just sounds like the Biden Ponzi scheme, <laughs> doesn't it? Another country makes a payment, you put it in another bank account overseas, next thing you know, the whole damn family's got their pension yeah. covered and they're living the sweet life. I wonder how many Ukrainian, how many these bank accounts are have been open, uh, you know, to launder money, our money that we've given them. There's been no oversight from the United States, no accountability, and here we have living proof. Now they did catch the guys that did this, right? So they have them. So I and I bet Zelensky's just scrambling because this is just going to raise even more eyebrows. Uh, he didn't get the money that he wanted when he came over here the first, uh, you know a couple months ago, and we've been saying this the whole time. How close are we to having Zelensky just start a GoFundMe? <laughs> he doesn't need to because we keep giving him money. <laughs> I'm sure there's dozens and dozens and dozens of offshore accounts from and and so you, these these Ukrainian officials are giving rich hand over fist. And again, if you're telling me that we've got ways to track where the money goes, like I think it's a little over the top the amount of money we've given the Ukrainian government. But if you told me, hey, this is where it went to. We've got a paper trail. All right, fine. But that does not exist. And hell, half of the military things that we've purchased for Zelensky end up on the black market. And then, guess who's buying them then? (laughs) People who are going to use them against the United States of America. Unbelievable. Um, Hey, speaking of people who are full of crap, Uh um, this new ad that the Trump campaign is running about Nikki Haley, it's short, it's simple. Um, I think Donald Trump put it on his personal uh, account, his Truth Social account. Is this one like one of the things she talks about is lowering the or, or, or? the retirement age and stuff like that. It's a full flip-flop montage. Yeah, take a listen. And we will get them. But I will not, not now, not ever, support raising the gas tax. Finally, let's increase the gas tax by 10 cents over the next three years. I would not run if President Trump ran. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. Every person on social media should be verified. 
by their name. I never said government should go and require anyone's names, but what we do know is 65 is way too low, and we need to increase that. Proclaiming the retirement age is, yeah. quote, way, way too low. Where do I you have stand? never once said that. <laughs> I never said Hillary Clinton was an inspiration. I went with my friend Eleanor Kitzman to a firm and leadership program where Hillary Clinton was speaking. And I walked out of there and I said, I'm going office. The reason I love that ad so much, it's wow. her own words, right? You can't say that, well, this was taken out of context. I mean, she's going to try, but we all heard it. And we remember when she said a lot of those things. It's why that account Libs of TikTok is yeah. so despised by the crazy lunatic leftists in this country. It's their own words. It's their yeah. own words being used against them there. My favorite was was lowering or, or increasing the retirement age. The retirement age is, is too low. It's way too low. Ding. I never said retirement age was too low. <laughs> that is hilarious. I never said Hillary Clinton was an inspiration. Ding. Boy, she's an inspiration. <laughs> I mean, the Hillary line alone should just be a campaign ad for Donald Trump. Um, Today is National Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. Oh, yeah, it's the last Monday in January. National Bubble Wrap Wrap Appreciation Day. You've got it marked uh, on your calendar every uh, year. Yeah, every year. I'm surprised I'm here today. (laughs) I am, too, to be honest with you. Um, (laughs) Here's a little uh, celebration for National Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day from friend of the show, Jeff Foxworthy. Sophisticated people play chess. (laughs) Rednecks can amuse ourselves for hours with a sheet of bubble wrap. (laughs) Pop, pop. Oh, for God's sakes, Joe, let the kids play with it a while. (laughs) You're going to be late to work. I enjoy some bubble wrap. I'm not going to lie. I hate it when we get it. Like we get these Amazon boxes, and they have these giant bubble wraps, you know, protecting the items inside. And my son will like hop on and step on it, and it sounds like a gunshot going off in my house. (laughs) Scares the crap out of me every time. What about the real little bubble wrap? Like the thin one, because that's challenging. You almost got to like ring it out to hear the uh, the pops go off there. Um. Where are we at with Ben Shapiro rapping, Nige? I saw this. Uh, ben Shapiro, of course, is the editor of the Daily Wire, uh, big-time conservative podcaster and um, just known personality. I, I think he did this because originally he said rap sucks. <laughs> and maybe he was... I, I don't know what the background is of this, really, but... Um, <laughs> He he took a break from you know his show and his duties at the Daily Wire to rap in Tom McDonald's new song Facts. It's the number one track in the country, and basically Ben Shapiro, you listen to the lyrics. It's mostly talking about conservative complaints and being woke and stuff like that. Uh, let's let's hear a little bit of it. Let's just keep it real facts. Don't care how you feel, man. If you want my pronouns, I'm the man. I'm the man who don't respect. Let's look at the stats. My money like Liz, my pockets are fat. Homie, I'm epic, don't be a whap. Dog, it's a yarmulke, homie, no cap. Look at the grass, look at my charts. You're blowing money on strippers and cars. You go into prison, I'm on television, dog. No one knows who you are. Keep hating on me on the internet. My comment section all woke Karen's. And I make racks off compound interest. Y'all live with your parents. Nikki takes some notes. I just did this for fun. All my people download this. Let's get a billboard number one. Wow. <laughs> I mean... 
Wow. <laughs> it's and, and he got it. It's the number one track in the country on iTunes and the, the, the hip-hop rap charts. I spend a lot of time defending the United States of America. <laughs> but when I hear Ben Shapiro rap, I get why other countries hate us. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I mean, wow. Well, was it awful? Or are you saying that it was bad? I'm I mean, saying it was... I mean, I've heard worse, but to be the number one song on the iTunes charts, Ben Shapiro and his nasally rapping, <laughs> I'm good, man. Nicki, like, Nicki Minaj, come on. Nicki Minaj Hammer even congratulated Ben on the top spot and said it's, quote, not bad. The result's not bad, but, I mean, come on. We're also the nation that made Sanjaya go all the way through American <laughs> Idol in its early days. We do this forever. kind of stupid stuff from time to time. All right. When we come back. <laughs> a reason to drink tonight. Oh, a reason to drink tonight. Because I was looking for one as I sit here with the... Uh, little bottle of something in front of me already. We will have your reason to drink tonight coming up next. The Hammer Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer. Question for you, Hammer. This is from the Twitter account Super 70 Sports, their Twitter feed. Fantastic follow, by the way. Love it. What movie death hit you the hardest? So, who died in a movie that just made you feel all the feelings, right? Ah, man. I got one for you right off the bat, because me and my wife watched this movie over the weekend. Chris O'Donnell's character at the beginning of Fried Green Tomatoes, when the little girls watched him get hit by the train. I've never seen it. He's got his foot stuck between the railing. It's not good. Um, And I was like, oh my gosh, what are we watching? My wife, I was, you know, we were inside most of the weekend. Weather was crappy. Just watching movies and stuff. Fried green tomatoes. So, Chris O'Donnell's character, when he got ran over by the train. Um, What else? Apollo Creed. Meeting his maker when he fights Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. Oh, the damn towel! It was supposed to be an exhibition, you big Russian jagoff. <laughs> I would say uh, Goose, Top Gun. Oh yeah, Goose. Mm, that was that was a rough one because you know leave behind a wife and kid. There are sitting there in that room afterwards. And, and we got it. to know the wife, too. Like yeah. We're vested in that. So let us know on social media, at Hammer and Nigel. Get in the YouTube chat right now. What movie death hit you the hardest? I got one that's kind of like Macaulay Culkin and my girl. That's right. He got stung by the bees. Yeah. The bees! <laughs> that was a different film. <laughs> I believe that was The Wicker Man, if I'm not mistaken. Not the bees! Um, <laughs> like when Spock died in one of those Star Trek movies. I know our boss, David Wood, he's a big nerd. He probably had buckets of tears coming uh, down. Oh, yeah. But Spock comes back to life, though. They're going to get him, right? Where are we at with like the... Uh, the animal kingdom deaths, so like Old Yeller, uh, Lion I, King's dad. I remember being a kid watching Old Yeller and couldn't believe it. Uh, that blew me away. Yeah. Bambi's mom. Yeah, Bambi's mom at the beginning. Oh, those are awful. I mean, there's a lot of Traumatic. Disney animal death, right? So, what movie death hit you the hardest? Chubbs Peterson falling out of the window after being startled by the... Uh, <laughs> The head of the alligator that bit his hand off in Happy Gilmore. 
Oh, wow. Oh, here's uh, we were talking about reasons to drink tonight. Yes. Tom Selleck is 79 years old. 79 years old. Tom Selleck. He is the commissioner, Frank Reagan, on Blue Buds. He's Monica's older boyfriend on Old Friends episodes. And cue up the band. (laughs) Damn right. Thomas Magnum. Not only was the show awesome, this TV theme song was awesome. Oh, and is this, this is this the theme song you use when you're getting ready to make sweet, passionate, uh, intimate love with Crystal Hammer? You throw this not on it? getting ready while in the act of. <laughs> while I am in the act. Turn it on one more time. You ever hear this? Where me and the coupon lady are around. Yeah. Just keep walking. We're doing grown-up stuff in don't, there. Don't walk through that door. You hear this emanating out of the uh, of the bedroom. <laughs> Underrated Tom Selleck role. Mr. Baseball, where he was the cocky American washed-up baseball player, but he has to go play in the uh, Japan League. Okay. Well, Not three, a bad. Did you uh, mention Three Men and a Baby? No. Three Men and a Baby? Um, uh, another underrated one. Um, I believe it's called Innocent Man, where he, yes. yeah, where he was wrongly imprisoned. Uh, uh, really good. In and out, he was the uh, the journalist that turns out to be gay as well at the end. The Kevin Klein movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So Tom Selleck's made a good living for himself. Like probably best known as Magnum, but it's not like that's the only thing that he can uh, hang his hat on here. Um, that's a lot of stuff. Like how many actors do you know have multiple hit TV shows? Because Blue Bloods is a hit. Magnum PI was a hit where he's been the star. Yeah, he's been he's been able to um, you know stand the test of time in terms of his career in Hollywood. Now he's seventy nine years old. I think he's just a little bit older than Joe Biden. Look at those two guys side by side. Is Joe Biden 80 now? Is he now? I can't remember. Either way, they're close. Like, look how cognitive and, you know. Oh, no. Yeah. Got his faculties no together, Tom Selleck is. And then you look at Joe Biden, who you know shuffles up there, can't find his way off the stage, <laughs> shakes hands with the air. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, I'm Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Uh, seems like we're getting pushed around an awful lot by those Houthi terrorists in the Red Sea and the shipping lanes. We're getting pushed around in Syria, pushed around in Iraq, and now three U.S. troops killed, dozens wounded when a drone strikes a military base in Jordan known as Tower 22. So this is where we'll bring on Breitbart News Pentagon correspondent Christina Wong to break it all down for us. Christina, how are you? I am pretty good, Nigel. Um, how are you? I'm confused. I just I, I I feel like none of this makes any sense whatsoever. What happened? Maybe we'll just start with what happened in Jordan, and then we can expand on that. Yes. So early Sunday morning, three U.S. troops were killed and at least 34 injured. So an Iran-backed militia uh, fired a. They call them one-way uh, one-way drones. One-way. UAS's unmanned aerial, aerial um, you know, vehicles, um, 
apparently one uh, was sent to Tower 22, which is a remote logistics base out in northeast Jordan. So that borders uh, Syria and Iraq. And so this drone hit where the we have about 350 U.S. troops out there. Um, and that base supplies a, another smaller U.S. base in Syria. And and so this Iran-backed militia, let me let me step back for a little bit. Iran-backed militias have been targeting U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria since mid-October. Um, they have conducted over 160 attacks against against our troops who are stationed out in Iraq and Syria. And in these attacks, over 60 have been injured, including one that was critically injured on Christmas Day. And so it was only a matter of time, unfortunately, you know, it's terrible to say that this would happen, um, that, that troops would be killed. So this is the first time that troops have been killed, 34 injured at least. Uh, there, there could be more. Um, these Iranian-backed militia, they're targeting U- U.S. forces because they want U.S. forces out of the region. And so this Tower 22 remote base is extremely strategically important. Um, it is... Uh, it links from Tehran in, in Iran to southern Lebanon, and Iran has wanted this corridor for a really long time, this pathway, and, and so you have U.S. bases right smack in the middle, and so this isn't the first time they've targeted this, this area, but this is probably the first time they got you know, this, this lucky. So, um, you know, unfortunately, we have American troops now dead, um, and of course the Biden administration, they're they're thinking up their response. They they you know they're they're trying to calibrate their response so as not to you know get the U.S. back into war. I don't think anyone wants that. Um, but they want to send a strong message to Iran. That's I'm sorry, well, Christine. Uh, Lindsey Graham wants it. <laughs> I don't know if you. I don't know if you saw that tweet. I, you know, destroy Tehran or hit Tehran hard. Yeah, yeah. No, no there are there are, there are there are several Republican senators who, yeah, they want to invade Iran, and maybe that's not the right answer. You know, it's definitely not for me to judge. I can just tell you troops in the country were pretty war weary right now, you know, after twenty years of war in the Middle East. So but 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 there has to be some sort of response, you know. Right. So the the Biden administration, they're kind of trying to figure out what to do and the steps that it's taken so far. So there's been over hundred and sixty attacks against US troops and the response has really been um, you know, let's hit some storage units for for drones or let's take out some, you know, facilities um, they've taken care not to kill anyone. So, Christina, let me jump in here real quick. So what you're yeah. telling me is that when Joe Biden looked at Iran and said, don't, don't, they basically yeah. just gave him a middle finger and said, we're going to do whatever the hell we want here. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, Joe Biden himself said, oh, I deliver the message privately to Iran. Um, well, you know, that obviously isn't doing anything. 
Um, you know, he has very little credibility, especially on foreign policy after the disaster that we saw in Afghanistan. I mean, things really, you know, started speeding up after that. Then you had Russia invade Ukraine. So this foreign policy has been really weak and feckless. And then you have Joe Biden uh, giving Iran $6 billion and five Iranian, uh, you know, hostages. Um And that money goes to fund all these attacks against U.S. troops that that you've seen. Not to mention, Iran also backs Hamas. And Hamas conducted that October 7th attack in southern Israel that killed over 1,200 people. So you've just got this explosion of violence and instability in the Middle East right now. There are no clear answers, but the administration seems to be taking these little tiptoe steps, trying to avoid, you know, some bigger conflict. But 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 now look, you know, now we've got three troops dead. U.S. has to respond. And it, it's just a mess, you know, and, and these were supposed to be the adults back back in the room, remember? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Christina, I'm old enough to remember when uh, then-former Vice President, he was campaigning against Trump, I think January 2020, and he was criticizing Trump for uh, those troops in Iraq that suffered some traumatic brain injuries caused by uh, an Iranian missile attack. And, and right. I'm, I'm just, it, it, this whole thing blows me away. I just don't know if any oh, yeah. of this will be going on right now if, if Joe Biden was not in office. That's right. The, the approach between Trump and Biden are, are so different. Um, Trump pursued a maximum pressure campaign against Iran, starving them of resources to conduct these attacks, um, starving them the ability to export uh, oil. And, and then Biden comes in. This is just a continuation of the Obama, you know, weak feckless foreign policy and um, you know then, then then you see all these all these attacks war breaking out all over the world um, you know as I mentioned uh, Ukraine and, and Russia and and now Israel one of our top US you, you know allies in the world um, getting so severely attacked in October um, and, and so you know we're, we're just we're just seeing uh, such a mess right now. Um, and, and Biden had the gall, as you mentioned, to attack Trump uh, on Iran. Uh, back in 2020, Iran was still up to no good. They've been, they've been attacking U.S. troops and um, our allies for a very long time. But the difference is, is that, you know, Trump, I don't know if you remember, but he said to Iran, if you harass our ships in the Arabian uh, Sea, we're going to blow your boats out of the water. You know, that's not a perfect uh, quote, but I'm paraphrasing there. But he gave a strong warning to Iran. And when Iran killed a U.S. contractor, uh, he took out Qasem Soleimani, the uh, Quds Force leader. He, he, it's an elite um, outfit of the Iranian uh, military. He, uh, Trump ordered a strike against Qasem Soleimani, who had been responsible for these attacks against U.S. troops for many decades. Um, and at that time, Joe Biden had the gall to to say that Trump was, you know, making light of injuries that troops had suffered. Troops had had the uh, TBI, traumatic brain injuries, uh, that's, you know, due to the blast of, of the drone and missile attacks. But you have the same thing right now under Biden and even worse. 
So under Trump, I think there was about at least 100 or so injuries from, um, you know, TBI injuries. But under Biden, we don't even know the count because they won't give it to us. So uh, all I know is in December, there were we were tracking about 66 injuries, um, some of which were TBI. Uh, and, 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 the, and the Pentagon also says, oh, these are these are minor injuries. These are not major. It's the same exact thing. And so, you know, Biden and Team Biden and the Biden administration, they're a bunch of hypocrites. Breitbart News Pentagon correspondent Christina Wong here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Finally, Christina, before we let you go, what is the ultimate goal for Iran? Is it as simple as uh, we want you out of the region? I, I think there's something more bigger here, more nefarious going on. Yeah, so they basically want to be the uh, regional hegemon. You know, they've got these, the, they've got the Shia affiliates in the region. Um, you know, Lebanon and Syria. Uh, you know, folks and in, in, um, you know Pal- the Palestinian folks. Um, so they're trying to sort of. Um, I guess consolidate their power in the region, and and so they've. I think they've long itched for a war with uh, the U.S. just to drive, you know, support and and sort of solidify their position. But they they're not doing it directly. So what they're doing is they're having these proxy forces. Yeah. And, I, and I forgot to mention the Houthis in in Yemen. They're they're attacking the U.S. through these proxy forces and and sort of you know the U.S. is the big boogeyman for Iran and its allies. So just basically attacking the U.S. is um, they want to strengthen their reputation as, as, you know, the folks who drove them out. But they also are seeking, um, you know, power at the same time. So it is a larger goal. Um, it's not just let's get troops out of, of the yeah. region. It's, you know, we want domination and ultimately over, over uh, Sunnis because they're still locked in the religious war. Breitbart News Pentagon correspondent Christina Wong. Find her work, Breitbart.com. Christina, thanks for breaking it all down for us. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Nigel. Great to talk to you. Okay, let's begin. Are you really okay with this? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty freaking far from okay. Whoa. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel So, starting in February, Hammer, the Indy Star, the paper of record here in Indianapolis, will no longer allow comments on their social media posts. Are you okay with this? I believe it was the late, great Kobe Bryant who once said, and I quote, soft, soft, (laughs) shaking his head. Um, No, I'm not okay with this. You're a media outlet, and you're going to block comments because... I'm just guessing everybody was telling you how bad you suck. <laughs> Listen, all you have to do is block the habitual problems, but then let the conversation run its course. Like We've blocked people here on the Hammer and Nigel well, show sure. who come just to be a problem every single day or if they cross a boundary. Other than that, we try to keep it open. You don't have to agree with us. You know, we'll ch- you know, chat back with you sometimes, whether it's the YouTube chat, whether it's the Twitter feed, the Facebook pages, whatever. That's just such a weak, weak-ass move by the indie star. Maybe that should tell you something about your business model that 
you feel like you have to remove all the comments because everybody tells you how bad you suck. <laughs> you can't just block one or two people. It's the masses. Everybody. So, no, I'm not okay with this. This is just weak. Uh, Vince McMahon has resigned from the WWE over some serious allegations, most of which we can't repeat here uh, all over the airwaves. Are you okay with this? Yeah, this had to happen. And it's crazy to think about professional wrestling without Vince McMahon. But these allegations, which I don't know if they're true or not, but there's some serious stuff going on. And Vince resigned, wink, wink, pretty quickly over the weekend. So (laughs) there's allegations of sex trafficking. There's allegations of... um, some German style lovemaking, shall we say? Um, prostitution. I mean, we're talking about some yeah. big time stuff here, not, you know, like shady business deals. We're talking major stuff. And it's going to be interesting to see what the WWE does in the post Vince McMahon era. Alyssa Milano. Who, who do you call? How do you refer to her as? Tony Danza's sitcom daughter. She's got a bad case of Trump arrangement syndrome. Oh man, she's facing some backlash for requesting donations to her son's baseball team to travel to Cooperstown, New York, and the MLB Hall of Fame. Millionaire actress of a millionaire husband requesting for donations for her son's baseball team to travel to Cooperstown. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not. Now, if she would have worded it as, hey, I want my son to learn how to fundraise and things like that. He's going to be doing this on his own. This is his GoFundMe. Okay, maybe he's trying to learn something. But that's not what's happening here. Alyssa Milano is using her name and her social media to try to get as much money put together as possible to pay for travel sports. Listen, Nige. I've paid for travel sports, and I sure as hell don't have the bankroll that Alyssa Milano has. So I'm not okay with that. But the great part of this story is that Clay Travis, the founder of Outkick, uh, does a popular conservative radio show. Yes. He has offered to pay for everything. Oh, no, he paid for it all. He did pay it. But there's a stipulation. Yeah. He will only give the money if the kids wear Make America Great Again hats. (laughs) He'll send all the kids to uh, the Hall of Fame, all the family members to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, but they all have to wear MAGA hats. Okay, uh, one more here for you. Here's how Richard Marks deals with a woman in the audience yelling something out during one of his acoustic classics. He waits until after the song, and then, boy, old Richard Marks lets her have it. Like, I'm genuinely curious who raised you to think that anything you could yell out was more important than what we were doing. Learn some manners, lady. Richard Marks, I believe, has a bad case of TDS as well. Oh, um, he does. But are you okay with this uh, reaction here? I'm okay with that reaction. But you're right. Richard Marks and Alyssa Milano should have hooked <laughs> up years ago. But honestly, say what you want about Richard Marks. You know, he might be this little Weasley guy who had like a big 
you know, perm almost back in the 80s. He married Daisy Fuentes. Yeah. He hooked up and married Daisy Fuentes. Like so, it. hey, hat tip to Richard Marks, and he's absolutely right in this situation. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Hammer Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. That is Hammer over there with a very special guest on the hotline. She is one half of the Chicks on the Right Show and WIBC alumni. The lovely and talented Miss Daisy joins us deep in the heart of Texas. And let's start there. Um, what's the vibe in Texas with Governor Abbott kind of giving that middle finger to the Supreme Court and the Biden order? And now you're seeing a a lot of these red states, you know, Republican governors saying, we got your back down there. What's the feeling? What's the vibe? I think the vibe is we all have our middle fingers up, except for <laughs> except for Beto. Beto's not a, I don't really consider him a real Texan, though. You know? Has anybody heard from that guy? And has, 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 Have we heard from that Beto in a while on anything? He's, yeah, he's been yapping. He's been speaking up. It's like, dude, just take all the seats. You've lost three different races for three different he ran for president senate and what else he ran for like three different things and then and he's just a complete loser that guy <laughs> but yeah he's he's been speaking but listen we're we're fighting for our our country or for the security of our country against our country like i don't somebody needs to make it make sense to me i don't understand how this is even happening but it is interesting how biden drew a red line and then didn't follow through with anything well that's the thing right like there hasn't been any follow-through and it sounds like the folks that may be tasked with going in and removing the razor wire and all this kind of stuff it sounds like they don't want to do it either no, I mean, it's it's very Biden. He did the same thing with the whole Iran thing, like telling him, don't, don't. And like he's trying to be super scary and like, put him up, put him up. <laughs> and that's been a complete disaster. It's, it would have been a disaster with Texas had he followed through with federalizing the National Guard. I mean, but we were ready and there were 25 states standing with us. And listen, there there are a lot of Democrats that also think this is a bad idea, even though there are Democrats who think this is a good idea, which I don't understand those people, because it would have ended up in a complete and utter disaster. And politically, it would have been a disaster for him. I just don't understand how people, at least in the long run, I'm sure there are some Democrats who think there, there are who think this is a great thing. But even, you know, like the, the Castro brothers, one of them, who's the mayor of San Antonio, he's like, oh, yeah, do it. I mean, this is really great. Like federalize the National Guard. But I but at the end of the day, I, you, it's doing exactly what I said. I mean, you're, we're we're fighting our own country for the security of our country. Like, I don't, if you're on the side of Biden in this, you're an idiot. And by the way, these are the same people that are fearing Donald Trump when he gets elected would federalize the National right. Guard. These are the same right. people that are afraid to do that, but they're calling it for this. Um, I just saw a stat that October through December uh, of 2023, over 900,000 encounters with uh, Border Patrol. And, and Amy, Joe, those are just the ones we know about. Right. It's not it's including like a, the gotaways. It's scary. I don't, there's a part of me, I couldn't imagine living in Texas. Are we safer as a country because of these no. policies? 
Absolutely not. No. I mean, no one's vetted. No one's vetted disease, terrorism. It's flooding across our border. I mean, and then you know, I think about like he'll say stuff like, "Well, I have, I can't do anything without Congress." Dude, you you said you were going to forgive student loans. You forgave student loans without anybody's permission, and yet you can't do something about the border. They lie. They're lying to us. And then Mayorkas, what for years he was saying the border is secure. The border is secure, which is exactly why they're trying to impeach the guy. Which I hope they actually freaking do it. I mean, that would be great, but. It's it's madness because, you know, I just went to Costa Rica back in December with my family, and I was enraged when I had to go through customs and immigration coming back. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why why do I have to go through this process at midnight coming back when I'm tired after a trip when these people could just flood across our border? Like, why does anybody give a crap? Oh, yeah, not not only that, but like when they're transferring these these quote unquote migrants to different areas of the country, they don't have to show yeah. ID when they get on an airplane. No. They don't have to do any of no. that. And we're paying they, for that. They don't we're paying for these people. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. You're paying for that. You, Jason, we're all paying for this, and it's it's just ludicrous what's happening. Chatting with Amy Joe, she goes by Daisy on the Chicks on the Right program. So Donald Trump was ordered to pay over eighty million dollars to this E. Jean Carroll whack job. I want to get the perspective of a woman here, Daisy. So this was a woman who claims that she was sexually assaulted by Donald Trump. Nothing happened in criminal court, but it went to civil court. Donald Trump had to pay her millions of dollars. And by the way, this happened sometime in the 90s. She's not even sure right. when. Right. Right. So, exactly. after that's over, Allegedly. Donald Trump, still maintaining his innocence, calls her a whack job. She says, that's uh, you know attacking my character, and now he's got to pay $80 million. I want to get yeah. a woman's perspective here. What do you think? Well, she asked for 10, and this is also the, she asked for 10, and then the, the court was like, or the jury was like, we're going to go ahead and award her $83 million for, what do they call it, punitive damage, like, yeah. because of pain and suffering that she's gone through. Um, I, listen, she was just on CBS saying that she'll do everything she can to help Biden beat Trump in 2024, but listen, it wasn't politically motivated at all. No, I mean, no, no, not at all. No, no, not at all. And she also is the woman that said to Anderson Cooper, rape is sexy. She said that on, on national television. And he was visibly uncom- <laughs> and audibly uncomfortable with that. Yeah, we all were. I remember that. Because, because this woman is, you know, a couple sandwiches short of a picnic, if you know what I mean. So right. I, I'm, you know, I mean, she is, it, it, this is the thing. She's going to keep going after him. And, and I, I have said that, listen, he's not going to get a fair trial in New York. I feel like Trump needs to get completely out of New York altogether. Like that city hates him. People there hate him. He was never going to get a fair trial. But the fact that he contributes to the economy there at all is nauseating to me at this point. If I were him, I would just pull every single thing that I have out of that place. Every last cent would be pulled. And I would put every penny I have left, which, I mean, this woman's going to keep coming after him. People will keep coming after him. But I would put any any money I have left into red cities and red states. I mean, because... Right. I, he's just—he's never going to get a fair trial there. I just think it was a total witch hunt. I think it was calculated. I think she's calculated, even though you know, right. she's like a, like I said, a little bit kooky. But um, and and I hope that that money—that if she does get the money, which I know they're going to appeal—I hope she actually takes that money and does something good with it, and she does contribute it to actual rape victims. I hope she does that. 
And I'm glad to hear you say that because when, you know, Nigel and I say this was a politically motivated thing, they're trying to take away Donald Trump's money so it's harder for him to run for the presidency. Mm-hmm. We get, you know, all these tweets and responses, well, you're two men. You don't know what it's like to be a woman. She was sexually assaulted. It's refreshing yeah. to hear you say that because you look at this on paper, this is a political hit job. Yeah, 83 million, you guys. When I heard that on Friday, I was like, 83, you got to be kidding me with this. I mean, wow. It's just, if you're just a thinking human, you, that's, it's nuts. 83 million? It's right. crazy. You might as well make it 18 kajillion at this point. <laughs> I mean. You might as well. You You might as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing here before we let you go here. Again, chatting with uh, Amy Jo Clark, Daisy from the Chicks on the Right program. Your daughter, uh, she's a swimmer. She does competitive yep. swimming competitions. How would you feel if she was getting ready to go up there for the biggest swim meet of her life, and then there's a six foot four, 200-pound muscular dude with Big Jim and the Twins tucked in the bathing suit <laughs> getting ready to compete against her? Because Leah Thomas, that's kind of Leah Thomas's brand, and now Leah Thomas is suing to be part of the women's Olympic swim team from the mom of a swimmer, a female swimmer. I want to get your perspective. God, I have so many feelings about so many like ragey feelings about this. But when when you have to sue your way to the Olympics, that's how you know you're not good enough to do it with your own merit, your own athletic prowess and skill. Like when you look around and see other athletes not having to sue their way in, you may want to reassess what you're doing. But this guy won't. Like Leah, LeBron Leah James a, never had to sue to be part of the basketball team. Right. I mean, Leah is a to me as a as a mom of a of a female athlete. Leah is a narcissistic nut job. Emphasis on the nuts. And I, <laughs> I look at my daughter, and, I, and a lot of these, just seriously, on a, on a serious note, where are the parents? Like, in, when, when all this stuff went down, when they, he was doing it at a college level, right? Yeah. I, I, I look at that, and we've interviewed Riley Gaines, and one of the big questions I had oh, yeah. was, wh- where are the parents? I mean, where are the dads, especially? Because, listen, I will put myself in between. A, a man and my daughter or a, a boy and my daughter in a locker room, I'll do that. But, but the dad's like, where are the, cause you think like your first responsibility as a dad is to protect your daughter from harm. And I just, I look at this and I'm like, especially at the college level, where are the dads? Why were they not standing up and going, this is not okay. Like, where's where's anybody? I, I think they were scared. They were going to get canceled. Yeah, you can't speak out against the trans community. Right. That was her that was her response. And I like her answer to me was the, the parents were afraid of them themselves getting canceled, their children, like their daughters not being able to get jobs when they got out of college. And I thought, what a bunch of wusses like this will never stop unless parents and ad- adults in the room will stand up and then show their daughters. Listen, you have I will stand up for you and then you will have the the confidence to stand up too, and it's never going to stop unless we do that. You know, it's uh, the whole the funny th- thing about this is that Leah Thomas was a horrible swimmer when he was a man. Yeah, he was like totally. in the like ranked four or five hundred, but then he decided to become a woman. He's up there competing against you know some of the best yeah. women in the world, like Riley Gaines, and he's yeah. he's the one that's breaking all the records. 
This is why they do it. This is exactly why they do it in all sports across the board. This is why men do it. And you know what? Maybe, and this was something I think Bill Hemmer said on Fox, maybe the rest of the world needs to see this. Perhaps it wouldn't be the worst yeah. thing in the world if you know Leah gets on the Olympic team <laughs> so the rest of the world can see what a farce this is and people can yeah. laugh directly in their faces. That would be, I, I agree. I think that would be great. I mean, a lot of people will say, you know, pull your girls out. Don't let them compete. Don't let them do that. And, and that, I, I'm, I'm on the fence about that because I know how hard my daughter trains every mm-hmm. week. I mean, she's in the pool six days a week. And, they, and swimmers do not take any time off. Like a lot of sports, you have an on-season, off-season. Swimmers swim all year round. So I understand why a lot of these girls don't want to just say, oh, I'm not going to compete or I'm just not going to sit this one out because they work really freaking hard. <laughs> so, right. I mean, I, I, I get why these girls don't want to do that. But at the same time, I think – girls and women in general we have to take a stand against this we have got to like band together and take a stand and and also ask where are the feminists because they're not helping what is coming up on the chicks on the right program Oh my gosh! Probably more border talk and um, and just trying to avoid World War Three. We're talking yeah. about <laughs> all the so, things that we were told yeah. Donald Trump was going to do is actually uh-huh. happening under Joe Biden. Uh, amen. Amen to that. Yeah. Daisy, as always, we appreciate you. Thank you. Talk to you guys soon. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Just a small town girl. Don't have a lot of time here, Hammer. Went along with uh, Daisy from the Chicks on the Right, but I wanted to run this by you real quick because uh, of what happened during halftime of that 49ers-Detroit game. It was in San Francisco, right? So when the Bay Area band Journey, who's from that area, performed live at halftime, they played this song, Don't Stop Believing." But instead of singing South Detroit, they substituted San Francisco because of the game. Here's uh, here's a part from that uh, from a fan's camera, I believe. <laughs> oh no! You don't do that, do you? No, that's a bunch of BS. I mean, I know their journey, and I know they're from the San Francisco Bay Area, but the lyrics are South Detroit, right? And good for the Lions fans for yelling out South <laughs> yeah. Detroit that we're there. Right. All right, it's the Hammer and Nigel Show.